I would like to title my sermon as A Miraculous Escape. Can you say that with me? A Miraculous Escape. So the Miraculous Escape, you know, it really sounds funny actually. It looks like, you know, there's a lot of fun, right? So it's a miraculous escape, so adventurous, and looks like there is a lot of fun built in. It, sometime, you know, I, I believe it sounds like a video game too. Or it can, it can be an escape room fun, the real-time fun that we used to have. But it is none of those uh, things that we think about. Or sometimes you know, we hear about miraculous escape of two crew uh, after a helicopter crash. Miraculous escape of a couple after a horrific car crash. Or a miraculous escape of a little boy during the earthquake. Or sometimes we hear a family who caught in the middle of the year, in the middle of the river, they miraculously they got escaped. So, but today morning we are talking about the miraculous escape concerning our own lives. Can you say our own lives? So we're talking about the miraculous escape concerning our own life. This morning, this is how I'm going to outline my sermon. I'm going to talk about what is miraculous escape. And we are going to look at some of the examples from the Word of God, from the life of Jesus, from the life of Peter, and from David. And I want to share a little bit of my own experience too. And I want to share the role of the enemy in the whole scenario, and what are the lessons that we learn as we move forward. So as we are human, our lives are vulnerable on the face of this earth to the attack and the forces, the influential forces such as the climatic changes, our body conditions, or you know, people who speak bird, evil words over our lives, evil eyes, the opposing spirits that we come across, people who don't really seek our well-being. You know, we are all impacted by all these influential forces that are happening around us. And of course, the devil is always out there looking for you and your family. You know, he is always looking for an opportunity to attack you and your family. And we know that, you know, when our faith really goes down, when we are weak, that is a time the enemy makes use of uh, the enemy looks for an opportunity to attack you and attack our families. So we as human beings, we go through all these things on the face of this earth. But Bible says when temptations are mounting or when trials and tribulations are coming one after the other in our lives, God also makes a way to escape out of those things. Can you say escape? So when things are overwhelming in our lives, all that we look for is, is there a way out? Who want to be buried inside the cave for hours together, days together, and months together? Always look for as light. So we want to, when we are going through such situation in our lives, always what we look is we look for a light. We look for an escape. You know, if you try to try with children, I, I remember Ethan only, right? So when you try to confine him in one location, what he will try, what he will do? He will try all the possible ways to escape out of it. All the kids do that. You know, we, when we go through such things in our lives, when we, are, we feel that we are attacked from every side, we look for that escape. And that is true from the word of God. There are many examples. But you know, out of all these things, you know, what comes out is always there is an escape. 
Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation, Paul writes this this way. Can you read it with me? No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, the escape, that word doesn't really make sense. I would have read that, you know, come hundreds of times, but then that did not make the same meaning as what I got last week. When we go through troubles in our lives, the escape, that word comes so profound, so, you know, so highlighted. And Paul says that, thank God, with all the temptation that comes in our lives, with all the troubles that comes in our lives, there is a way to escape out of it psalm 68 verse 20 can you read with this this amazing scripture can you read together our god is the god of salvation and to god the lord belong escapes from death what does it mean what does it mean it means who has control over our lives our god it says and to god the lord belong escapes from death it belongs to only God. It belongs to only children of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? In every life, a child of God, God has planned, listen to me, few miraculous escapes. Until we hit the final line, there is no escape. Do you get that? In all our lives, God has planned, especially in the life of a child of God, God has planned so many miraculous escapes i don't know how many of them in my life i don't know how many you have in your life or how many you have already gone through and how many more are reminding and we go through that moment but we know for sure it's not the time yet we escape from that and you know what we do that we keep doing it until we hit the fine line and there is no escape from that line certainly i believe the first one is at birth bringing a child into existence is not just an easy joke the first time that the child of god escapes from the snares of the death is at the time of birth and during the process of pregnancy because i believe anything that could go wrong could go wrong at childbirth But God is in control. Ultimately, God is in control. That's how you and I came to existence on the face of this earth. That's how many children are born even today. God is in control. God is in ultimate control. But that is number one escape. That is the number one miraculous escape for you and me at the time of birth. And if you remember, many men and women of God, in the word of God, they have gone through such experience in, in life. Let's talk about Jesus a little bit. If you read your Bible carefully, if you read all the Gospels, all the Gospels you need to put together and read, you will find there are eight times Jesus had miraculous escape. Can you say eight times? Eight times Jesus had miraculous escape. Even though he was God, he is God, but still he had to escape from the people eight times in his life. And in each occasion we see that Jesus, because he is God, he just passed through the crowd. There was a neck of moment where he was about to be stoned, about to be pushed from the cliff, 
and Jesus just passed through the crowd. Miraculous escape. Let's talk about one of that Hindu that we find in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus came to Nazareth, his own city, his own place. And he went into a synagogue on the Sabbath day and he took the word of God and he read from the Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, prophetical book of Isaiah concerning himself. And he read about and then he finished reading and Jesus did not stop there. He said, if you remember that story in Luke chapter 4, he said a couple of things that bothered the people, those who were there. You know, when he read about himself, there was a noise, there was a kind of, you know, when you preach something, when you preach something, you know, that's not in favor of something at the back side, and I'm not talking about the back seat of this church, you know, the big churches, the back seat you'll see kind of, you know, there's a tremor, right? There's a tremor, there's a, there's a murmur happening there, because that simply means that what comes from the pulpit is not acceptable. Right? So when Jesus did that, it was the same scenario, same situation. Everybody was, you know, they were not happy at all. They were just looking, keenly looking at who is this man? He's that carpenter's boy, carpenter's son. And what is he talking about? And Jesus went on, he said, there was a great famine in the land and God took care of the widow of Zarephath. Why in the world is Jesus is talking about the widow in the Zarephath? Zarephath, the moment they, um, they heard this word, they all just started working together. Okay, it is kind of south of so many kilometers south of Sidon and then so many kilometers north of Tyre. Venetian world, pagan culture, Baal worshippers. And how can Jesus say that God took care of the widow in Zarephath? And not only that, Jesus said there were many lepers in Israel and Jesus said, God did not heal everyone except Naaman, the Syrian. Why Syrian? And Jesus said, God is not the God of Jews and he's a God of everybody. Can I hear an amen? And when they heard this, you know, they became so angry. And they said they were filled with wrath and they wanted to kill him. Can you go to Luke chapter 4 verses 28 to 30? Can you read with me? Very interesting scripture. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and they rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. Can you imagine? They dragged Jesus and they took him there, but the time was not up. It's a wrong timing. Sorry, it's a wrong time. Sorry, it's a wrong time. You know, that's what he used, to, he used to tell the devil. Devil, it's a wrong time. This is not the right time. You think it's the right time, but this is not the wrong. This is not the right time. It's the wrong time. You are a failure. You are miserable because this is not the right time for you. It's a miraculous escape. Amen. It's a miraculous escape. And devil doesn't know that. That poor fellow, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that it is a, it's not time yet. And he played all these tricks with Jesus. And what about Peter? Herod, Herod, King Herod was destroying the churches. He just killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. The next target was Peter. And Peter is already in prison. Peter is already in his hands. He can do whatever he wants. He can ask him, uh, Peter to come and he, uh, he can just chop off his head in front of the crowd. And next target was Peter. But again, the poor fellow, 
he doesn't know that it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And Peter was chained in the prison. Can you go to Acts chapter 12? Very powerful scriptures this morning. I pray that God may encourage us this morning. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through, 6 through 7. Can you read with me? And when Herod was about to bring him out, right? Not to release him, but to kill him. But the time is not there. It's not the right time. That night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door was were keeping the prison now behold verse 7 an angel of the lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck peter on the side and raised him up saying what arise quickly and his chains fell off his hand the presence of the angel there in the prison room can you imagine the chain how you can imagine a chain with a loop with a little bit of space there either the chain has to open that way it's a metal chain it's not a golden chain right it's a metal chain it's not a golden chain to just open the hook whenever you want and then wear it it's a metal chain or it has to melt away the presence of the living god is capable of destroying everything that is bounding our lives on this earth and when that happened peter rose and he was totally freed he was totally freed. Another miraculous escape in his life. We don't know how many Peter I had. So many miraculous escape in his life. Finally, David, King Saul, he was so jealous and so angry because seeing David flourishing in front of his own eyes, David gaining success one after the other, whereas his name is going down, whereas David is coming up, and Saul's only way is to kill David so that he can get rid of that power that is rising in his kingdom. That was his objective and he wanted to destroy Saul. And Saul says, sorry, he wanted to destroy David. And David says, Saul was hunting him like a, like a wild bird. That's how he was trying to hunt for David. And David experienced this miraculous escape. Can you come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 9 through 12. Shall we read together? Now the distressing spirit from the Lord. Distressing spirit from where? From the Lord. Came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hands. He always keeps the spear, right? Right, so that he is in control. He can do whatever he wants in his hand and david was playing music with his hand you know for the way david is there in that situation because he has to play music otherwise you know saul will manifest a lot as a king right so you need to control so david's singing david's instruments is what is controlling him and david is right there playing his music instrument there was 10 then saul sought to pin david to the wall with the spear you can imagine the proximity, right? So maybe he's just very close. But he slipped away. Miraculous escape. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. Slipped away from Saul's presence and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. And it continues. Can you read? continue to read? Verse 11, Saul also sent, he didn't stop there. He also sent messenger to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. 
And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, if you would stay here overnight, probably they are going to kill you. So verse 12 says, so Michal let David down through the window, and he went and he fled, and he got escaped. Again, we see a miraculous escape in the life of David. You know, later David sings in one of the songs of Ascend in Psalm 124, verse 7. Can you read with me? Psalm 100, and this is what he says. Our soul has, can you read with me? Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. This morning we are talking about miraculous escape. Miraculous escape that God gives in our lives. If you turn back in your life and see how many times you got miraculously escaped, any of you are able to number those times in your life? You thought everything is done, but God revived you. You thought the life is done, but God revived you. There's a beautiful song in Tamil. If you remember that song, any of you? Can you say that if you remember? Okay, it's a vague question. Right, so it says that song says that I thought my life has come to an end, but I thought it did not end. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Right, so, so, so we see when we go through the such miraculous escapes in our lives, you know, I am able to turn back in my life and count at least two of them in my life, and I'm sure you'll be able to do that. The times that we miraculously escape from that situation. The reason we are able to be here because we could escape from that situation. So you want to share a little bit about my journey during last week under the same context, my miraculous escape. So as you might know, I was not keeping well for the last two weeks. It's more than 10 days, it's two weeks exactly. So on October 3rd, like last Tuesday evening, I had my regular blood work done. So I, before that, I had a severe episode of you know, uh, nausea and vomiting and all those things. I'm kind of done with everything. I'm exhausted totally and then went and did this blood work. And Tuesday night evening, I did the blood work at 9.30, I received a call in my phone. So if any call that comes, especially when you are not well, and it comes from unknown number, and at that time you tend to cut the call, I disconnected that call. Then after some time, there's a voicemail, I just checked that voicemail, and that voicemail says, my name is Dr. So-and-so from the lab at QET, QET, please call me back, please call me back. So I called him, and he said, I'm Dr. So-and-so from, from lab QET, and your blood work is very critical and you need to go to emergency now. So I, was started, I started bargaining with him. Can I do it tomorrow? Right? It's a nice bargain. So he was very patient. He was not a godly man. He doesn't know who, to whom he is talking to. And I was trying to bargain and he said, no, it's better you go now. So again, I, can you repeat what are the issues? So he said three things I, like, I highlight. In that condition, I'm unable to really listen to what was those conditions. Can you repeat again? Second time I asked and I tried to write it down. And my handwriting, even I, could, I don't think anybody could read what I wrote down. Dan was trying to take some pictures and all those things. But then I, I, I think that did not make any sense to anybody. He said, you go now, better go now. Okay, let me put the phone down and then I went to emergency. 
And that night, I consider that night as a miraculous escape. You know, even there, there may be a protocol. There may be a protocol in the lab. I may, I may agree to that. But why in the whole world, a doctor should call me who processes you know, thousands of uh, blood samples at every time, and why he should call me, and he has no responsibility to me directly, and he called me and tell me, you need to find your way to escape. You need to find your way of escape. You know, that's how I take it. That's how it may be an easy thing on this face of this year, but it's not easy for me. If that night I would have stayed, you know, I was just thinking about, I could have disconnected the, I, dis, I did disconnect the call. I would not have checked the voicemail. Probably I was away from phone, or my phone was in silent mode, or I slept. But what are the possible odds that probably I would not have attended this phone? And I didn't know that it was such an emergency situation. There are possibilities that message, that message would not have reached me. But this morning I'm here to tell you that there is a way to escape. And there are many indicators at that time, you know, God brought this man somewhere and you know, I got a call, got connected. And God in New York, ER time we looked at it, five to seven hours wait time. It's not, not easy, right? It's five to seven hours wait time. But then there was a favor of God in 30 minutes time, the doctor himself came and called me. So he called me inside and he asked one question, sir, God forbid, if something happens to you right now, this is what he asked, do you want us to revive you back again? He asked, what a question is this? That's the reason I'm here. Otherwise, why do you think that I have come here? That's the reason I'm here. Then he asked me, what do you do, sir? I said, I'm a pastor. Okay, so we are going to take the best care of it. You know, I, I understood what it, what it means, best care, you know, best possible care, right? In that crowd, you can imagine. There are thousands, hundreds of people waiting outside and screaming, and some of us are connected, trying to connect with phone, connected with, to me with phone, and then you are able to hear the background noise of people making noises and fighting and all those things are happening there. And without delay, got into some, some of the treatments that is required. But what I'm saying this morning is, I consider that as my miraculous escape. When God is for us, nobody can be against us. Can I hear an amen this morning? You know, I want you to be encouraged. When God is with you, when God is for you, there cannot be anything that can be that can work against against you. That makes very sense now what Joy shared right now, Romans 8.28. Can you get that scripture on screen, please? Can you read it together now? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. You know, God is a God who makes everything works well. At times it doesn't look so, but eventually it will all lead to something that is good because you and I, we love the Lord and we are all called by the purpose of God. Now, not just the scripture, the rest of the chapter is more powerful now. Romans 8, 31 to 39. 31, it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be? against us you know we need to have the courage inside of us god is for us who can be against us nothing is going to do anything it appears to be harmful it appears to be dangerous it appears to be a very terrifying situation but it, it cannot be harmful and if you go further a little further verse 35 who shall separate can you read with me who shall separate us 
from verse 35 from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution famine nakedness peril and sword as it is written for your sake we are all killed all day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter Saul was uh, David was running to hide himself from place to place cave to cave but you and I today you run that we don't run physically but in our spiritual world we run we run we make the same run of hiding from the powerful weapons of the enemy we run hiding ourselves under the shelter of God Almighty that same thing happening there even today physically we don't experience but spiritually we all go through it verse 37 amazing scripture yet in all these things we are what more than conquerors through him who loved us amen can you hear an amen so in the whole scenario of escaping uh, God, having a miraculous escape what is so funny was the role of the enemy as I was running to escape through the miraculous escape I saw many things which are really interesting it's a one-day journey but it is equivalent to one year of spiritual journey now I'm going through this battle and uh, there is no fear absolutely no fear and we both are at perfect peace we don't have anything to discuss anything about anything else other than how do we come out of this current situation escape mode right when the escape mode is turned on you don't really care about who is next to you right you just try to find a way to get out of that place whether your parents children they don't care whether pastor or it's giantie they will give the enough number of kicks right you just take it because they are in the escape mode so when escape mode is turned on, now I was in that situation escape mode was totally turned on and we don't have anything else to worry about we are doing everything to require required to come out of the situation so I saw in my spirit this is what is very interesting I saw in my spirit the enemy was sitting at a distance and watching all these things happening you me enemy is sitting at a distance and he is watching all these things happening to me to see what is going on and so do a group of people along with the enemy you don't believe and I saw some of them literally so do with a group of people who along with them watching at a distance where it is all going to end where it is all going to end they want to see everything unfold listen to me they want to see everything coming to an end and they are eagerly waiting and the devil is certainly eagerly waiting I keep seeing him over and over again waiting waiting patiently very patient he's waiting there and I was thinking that he doesn't have anything to do with that maybe he would have initiated this battle that's okay but the battle is already won and that's fine too and he doesn't have anything but then why he is still waiting and waiting he's very patient and waiting and waiting then the scripture that came alive in my mind was first Peter chapter 5 verse 8 can you read with me first Peter chapter 5 verse 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. it's the same enemy it's not somebody else it's the same guy sitting and watching 
So devil wants us to go for a major hand. Listen to me, if possible, if at all possible. The picture that comes in my mind was the major hunt is happening between two big animals, like maybe lions. You know, they got a big hunt, and they all enjoy that hunt. When that is happening, you see some people coming alongside of it. The foxes, the small wolves, they will come around that. You know, they just walk around that, thinking that they may get anything. That's how the enemy is. That's how exactly I saw the enemy is with all the battle that is going on right now he has nothing to do because it's already won and he's but still there out there waiting waiting patiently to see if at all there is a possibility if at all there is a possibility he's just waiting there if, if by luck if anything work may maybe on his favor even after coming back from the yard, back home, he followed up with me to see if there is a possibility. Is there is a possibility? He hangs around like, you know, thinking that he may see a situation that may be in favor of him. If at all there is a possibility, he did not want to leave. But then some point of time, he need to be rebuked to leave. And then he left. Then he did not come. Now the whole thing that what I'm trying to say is devil is trying to do the same thing that he tried to do with us with Jesus in every one of our lives whether you believe it or not devil is trying to do the same thing that he tried with Jesus hang around with him if you remember temptation one temptation two temptation temptation three he was just hanging in there for what if at all there's a possibility that Jesus may jump that Jesus may make stones and eat or Jesus may bow down before him if there is a possibility he will he's just like a beggar just begging waiting there to see if something can collapse that I can take advantage that's a devil Bible says if you can come with me to do Luke chapter 4 verse 13 Bible says can you read with me Luke chapter 4 verse 13 now when the devil has had entered every temptation with Jesus he departed from him until an opportune time what does it mean until the next opportunity until the next opportunity so he's not done with us anymore the one escape doesn't mean that we are done with everything more but then he is always there looking out for the next opportunity so I consider this as a miraculous escape for me just going to close now some of the lessons learned I can't fail you know sharing it here the role of the immediate family can never be replaced I want you to know that you know when everything is all right we don't really feel the importance of people who are living with us but when time comes we need them their role cannot be replaced with somebody else that is something which was very strong very profound secondly we need people who care and really hope for our well-being in the ER, God sent angels. You don't believe that God sent angels. I met some, one of my old friends there. I met, met him years before. He came by looking at my last name. He's not sure whether it's me. He came to me. He came to me. He, is in, he was in ER nurse there. He came and he said, oh my God, I have never seen you in this way. I said, yeah, even I'm, I've never seen myself in this way. It's the first time I'm sitting here. 
Can you get some blanket for me? So he said, he just ran there. He went there and he took the blanket that is in the front of the, you know, people use the blanket and he looked at everything and then he went somewhere else and he got something right from the oven. I don't know what is it called. So, you know, and just, he spread that very neatly on me and then he was taking care of me and giving me biscuits and all those things because, you know, the whole night sitting in the chair, right, in the yard. So, so. We need people who care for us and people who are calling me and checking with me, following up with me, every move, every bit of it. I thank God for such people, having such people around us. So we need to feel the importance of people, importance of those who really care for us when, you know, when we go through such moments in our life. Thirdly, something which is profound was the support of prayer was much ever felt than otherwise. Support of prayer. I was listening to some of the prayer warriors. There have been a lot of prayers that was going on. It's more than needed, actually. That prayer, that much prayer was going on. Some of them were talking to Joy at that day. I was just overhearing that, Madam, it's not just only morning prayer time. Even during that whole day, you know, my kind of my whole being is kind of intoxicated, saying that what is happening to Pastor? What? I'm just, you know, uh, blabbering with my husband, saying that something is happening. And my husband says, that, no, they'll take care of you. Then the answers you don't worry about. You know, there are people who are burdened to pray. So just cast that, cast that, that burden among people who pray for you. That's very important. When you go through difficult times, don't try to manage it alone. Just make it public. Just make it announce it. Announce it to everybody so that only those who pray for you, only those who care for you, not to the public, right? The other thing which is hard, really hard on me, I've been serving all along. But now, it's time for others to serve me. That was something which I couldn't accept. You know, because I feel that I am in a very vulnerable position at that moment, because people look at me as a source of strength. Now, how many times, hundreds of times, you all would have told, told me at that some particular situation, Pastor, you are just right there, that is just a strength. And today I'm able to come out of my situation because you just came to me at the right time. People look at me as a source of strength, but now, I'm nothing actually, I don't have even anything actually, I don't have any strength. So, you know, looking at me, people coming and serving me, people, you know, Meenak should have come, I don't know how many times she would have come to, come to the ER. So, you know, there are people who came, now, I, I don't want you to come actually, but then, you know, in spite of saying they're restricting it, them more than, putting more than restriction than the ER, you know, they still came. Right, so, so I felt that, you know, it's very hard to scandal at that moment because we feel that we are in a very vulnerable, but, but, but God is, making me quiet. God is making me to humble, to accept all the service. Because you have been serving, but this is a time that others would like to serve you. So this morning, we are going to get into a time of prayer. So that's how my story was. And that story is in very well in line with what Jesus went through, what Peter went through, and what David went through, and what you are going through in your life. So I just want to tell that story as an encouragement this morning so that we know that God is for us. And until the time that God has appointed to you on the face of this year, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. I, I even say that even if somebody shoots at you right away, nothing is going to happen because it's not the right, right time. It's not the right time. And the devil doesn't know. He will try his best. He will try his best. But we will not give up as children of God. Can I hear an amen? And this morning, you're going to pray for me. Okay? So I want one of you, a couple of you. In fact, all of you can move forward. As we get into a time of prayer, maybe Dan can be on the keys. And then we just get into a time of prayer. 
So uh, those who are connected with us online, so you can also pray.